right, all right. Good morning, High Desert Word Center. How's everybody this morning? Amen. We are right here at the end of summer, and I'm so excited because I love summer crank, but I do not like the season of summer. And so, amen. So we're, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. Can somebody say amen? All right. Well, let's stand up together today. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America believe that America is coming to Jesus and we're going to keep fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. All right, let's speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. Well, we are glad to be back from New York City. We had an awesome trip, the family out there with my brother Joe and all that stuff. So we'll show you some pictures sometime really, really soon. But it was awesome. But I can say this, there's no place like home. And I love good old Barstow, California. Amen. So God is good to us. Well, you know what? As much as I'm happy that y'all just sat down, I'm going to ask you to stand back up for a minute because we're going to do a few minutes of meet and greet time. Everybody needs a hug. Hug and a little fist bump and a little uh, greeting this morning. So let's spread some love and let everybody know that let's go. Because your house, your place, I praise your house, your place. I because your house, your place, I praise because your house. Your place, oh God. We sing a song and you come in. Make a dance and you come in. Tell your name and you come in. Every grace and song and you come in. Make a dance and you come in. Shout your name and you come in. Give you praise. You inhabit the praises of your you inherit the praises of your people. You inherit the praises of your people. You inherit the praises of your people. Our praise. Our praise. Because 
your house, your place of praise becomes your house, your place of praise becomes your house, your place of praise becomes your house. Your place, oh God. We sing a song and you come in. Make a dance and you come in. Shout your name and you come in. Give your praise and you come in. Sing a song and you come in. Make a dance and you come in. Shout your name and you come in. Give you praise. You inhabit the praises of your people. 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 Our praise. Our praise becomes. Your house, your place, our praise becomes your house, your place, our praise becomes your house, your place, our praise becomes your house. Your place, oh God. We sing a song and you come in. Make a dance and you come in. Shout your name and you come in. Give you praise and you come in. Sing a song and you come in. Make a dance and you come in. Shout your name and you come in. Give you praise. You inhabit the praises of your being. You inhabit the praises of your people. You inhabit the praises of your people. You inhabit the praises of your people. We sing a song and you come in, make a dance and you come in, bring a blame and you come in, give you praise and you come in, sing a song and you come in, make a dance and you come in, shout your name and you come in, give you praise, you inhabit the praises of your people, you inhabit the praises of your people you inhabit the praises of your people you inhabit the praises of your people our praise becomes your house your place. All right, amen. 
Did everybody get a little love this morning? All right, very good. Well, you may be seated. All right, we have got a lot of announcements going on here. My goodness, it, we are heading into that time of year where, I mean, it might as well just be Christmas. Am I right? Yeah, all right. I mean, I know I'm right, but it helps when you do agree, okay? So, anyway, we are getting close. Uh, as, as, you know, we get the kids back in school, man, the rest of the year just snowballs going forward but praise god so i uh, just want to update you on a few things so as you can see we still uh, are under construction here uh we're meeting with some of our contractors this week and we'll hopefully we will be getting the ball rolling on getting the repairs done and so i you know i'm not going to put any timelines out there but i definitely want things to be done you know in a month or so so uh, just keep sticking with us through all this and I know everyone's having a good time. Uh, the porta potties are available for your use. Amen. Cleanest porta potties on Soap Mine Road. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, I, I've looked all over. I haven't found any cleaner than these ones. So we're doing really good there. Praise God. All right. On a serious note, uh, most of you probably heard that our brother and church member Patrick Gurul uh, passed away two Sundays ago, and uh, we love Patrick. He was an awesome uh, member here, and his wife. Delia had just moved here from the Philippines at the beginning of this year, and so we're really doing our best to make sure we can help her. As she she's a you know obviously in a new country and left everything behind, and so uh, we want to just surround her the best we can as she's learning to navigate and take over life here. You know for uh, for Patrick. So the service, the funeral service, is going to be Tuesday at 11 a.m. Tuesday at 11, right here. And you know any of the church family that could be there to show your love and support, we would certainly uh, welcome that and encourage that. So it'll be Tuesday. Tuesday at 11 and going forward, we'll do anything we can to help Delia as she is adjusting to life in a new country now and without well, without her husband here, okay? So that's what we're doing. I um, want to remind you men that there is uh, no men's meeting in September, okay? We got the Labor Day weekend going on and so it's going to be a busy weekend, so no men's meeting. But of course, this coming up uh, Sunday, we have Ron and Annette. These are going to be here with us, yeah! So... They are our missionaries to Peru and Honduras, and uh, they're up here in the States for just a little bit, so they're, uh, they're, they're going to be visiting with us. They'll be preaching this coming Sunday and giving us some reports from the mission field. And uh, as a lot of you know, that's where my dad got stranded uh, when COVID first hit. So we always kind of tease them about that. But they took good care of him, and they got him out. And he said he's ready to go back to Peru again. Am I right, Dad? He says no. Okay. Well, that's okay. That's all right. You know, I can understand that was probably a little bit weird. So anyway, praise God for that. Uh, there's no PM service next Sunday night uh, with the Labor Day weekend going on. So that's next Sunday night, no PM service. Can I have Desiree Garcia come up for me? Let's hear it for Desiree. And uh, Mrs. Pastor, you want to talk about the women's meeting really quick? I'm telling you, it is so busy around here and so many announcements that I just don't want to screw any of them up. So Mrs. Pastor is going to tell you ladies about the fall kickoff for the women's ministry. Okay. Hallelujah. All right. Well, I have the uh, sign-up sheet. Thank you for passing that around. If you have not signed up, the, our fall kickoff, uh, our fall kickoff, <laughs> I was going to say kick out, our fall kickoff meeting <laughs> is the <laughs> second Friday of the month, September 9th, 6.30 in Victory. The theme is Celebrating You. And uh, one of our women here who who was in a, an abusive situation is going to be giving her testimony that night about how she got out of that. 
and what and what her life is like now and I'm really excited about this and actually I all you teenage girls you probably need to be there because you need to be able to see the symptoms of being a woman and being abused and how to not fall for that and your life end up being messed up so I'm really excited about that we're having a salad bar the church is providing the salad you provide the stuff that goes in the salad you know be it tomatoes whatever you got and also if you want to bring little sandwiches or little uh Desserts, that'd be great. Oh, and also all the, all the women and girls are getting a free gift. All righty, I got a few announcements. Do I have any young adults in the building? They all seem to be on this side. We're super excited. Um, we've been working really hard to get the young adults going and to do fun stuff. So this Friday, September Okay, this Friday, September 2nd, um, we are going to have a young adult YouTube party um, because it's Alex's birthday on that day. So we're going to celebrate Alex. We're going to have some fun um, games, some hangout time, and some word. Um, so young adults, this is a time for you guys to get, get, um, to get connected to people your age to help you because iron sharpens iron, correct? And so um, if you want to come out, please... Fill this out. Sign up. 18 to 30. 18 to 30. Married or single. We're going to have a really good time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so please come out. And then in October, they are going, October 8th, they are going down to San Diego to the Rock Church for a concert. The tickets cost $25. We're asking that you pay for your tickets now. Um, we're not doing it all together or anything like that. So if you want to go, you need to purchase your tickets now before they're all sold out. We are going to provide transportation if you can't drive down there. But we are asking that you help with gas. Okay? So um, um, they plan to leave here from the church. Um, they're asking you to be here at 1215. They need to leave by 1230 in case there's traffic or anything. They just want to make sure that they get there on time. Um, so this is another really fun way. Um, to invite your friends and whatnot and show them what our church is all about. There are flyers for each event, so tell your friends to come out and join us. And now with that being said, I have some Harvest Fest announcements. I'm super excited about Harvest Fest. How many of you guys have never been to one of our Harvest Fests? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, our Harvest Fest is super amazing. If you look around and you see all this land that God's blessed us with, this is a time for us to use our lands to get people here to tell them about Jesus, right? But we use harvest as a way to get them here, right? We use the kids, we use the teenagers, we use the adults. Um, this year, the Lord has really talked to me about making it a family thing. So I want to make sure that there's something for every age to do and have fun and make friends and all of that. Um, but with that being said, it costs money to make this kind of event. And our budget this year is about $4,000. So with that being said, we're doing a lot of different fundraisers to make this possible, right? And we're also going to need a lot, a lot of help the night of. So we are going to start a candy competition starting the first week in September. It's going to be youth group versus children's church, okay? So pick your side. Pick which side you want to win. The winning team will win a great, wonderful um, belt, um, and 
they uh, like a championship belt, and they also get a party. So they'll get, you know, um, if the kids win, the youth group will give the kids a party. If the kids win, the kids will, I mean, the youth win, the kids will give the youth group a party. So that's exciting. Um, we are asking for donations for hot dogs, buns, and lemonade. Um, we're going to have a taco truck, but we do know that sometimes people come out and they don't have no money. And so we don't want to make them feel bad because they're hungry. So we still want to provide free hot dogs and lemonade and popcorn and all that stuff to them. So we ask for donations of that. So there's a sign-up sheet back there. Um, the September 4th, 5th, and 6th. Bucking Good Pizza is going to donate some of their profits to us. So that's a fundraiser. I hear, I haven't heard, but I need to go try it out. I heard the pizza is the best in Barstow. So let's let's support them. Let's help them out. Um, and then to, directly after service today, we are going to have a root beer float um, party. I mean, fundraiser, not party. Fundraiser. So we thought about the kids, right, in this. So there's small cups for a dollar if you don't want your kids to be all sugared up, but you can still give them something sweet. And for those of you adults who just love ice cream and root beer, you get the bigger cups for $2. So the smaller cups are a dollar, and the bigger cups are $2. There will also be a donation bin if you don't want that, but you want to help us out. There will be a donation bin for you to drop off a donation. Thank you. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Wow. We've just got a lot going on. Also, one one last reminder. I'm going to have Pastor come on up for Sunday morning tithes and offerings. But um, the September daily back there, the printed version, you can also obviously go online to the website or Facebook and uh, and look at the digital copy also. But uh, it's been awesome having that daily reading uh, every day for the last several months. So praise God for that. All right. Thank you, Jesus. I think about what a great job Desiree did. How many appreciate Desiree? And uh, how many how like to have, have, little, have little, little tidbits of how things started sometimes? You know how Desiree and Jesse got here? When we first came here in, at the end of July in 2005, our first, our first uh, few months here, I didn't know much about Barstow, but I kept craving pizza. So I'd go down to Pizza Palace. About about once a week we go to Pizza Palace, and every time I walked in Pizza Palace, I saw this little little eyeball speaking over the counter there and said, "Hi, Pastor." And because she'd been to the church before, and so I'd say hi because I was new, didn't know anybody, and we'd order our pizza, and then a week or two later I'd crave pizza again. We'd go down there, and we'd walk in there, and I'd look at the menu. Hi, Pastor. I said hi. And then that, that kept on happening. Every every couple of weeks, I go down there, I walk in there, and I, I, I tell Mrs. Pastor, work in the office, and say, uh, "I want pizza for lunch today. Let's get some pizza." And so all we do is Pizza Palace. So we got Pizza Palace. Walk in there, and, hi, Pastor. And I said hi, and looked over, and said, "Who is that girl?" <laughs> and that kept on happening. But anyway, that was the beginning of Desiree and Jesse coming to uh, High Desert Word Center. Isn't that awesome how God has those divine appointments like that, those divine connections with things to happen? And so we we never take things lightly, what might be in the future, people we meet in life, because God's doing something. Amen. But I'll tell you what, we sure are glad to hear that. All of you, too. All right, what time is it? Happy time. Hold up your hands in an envelope for your tithes or your offerings. And the ushers are glad to serve you. And I want to remind you, although you give online when we bring this up to the altar, uh, when it's uh, coming up time, 
Just come on up anyway and worship God with us at the altar if your tithes and your offerings. But I want to show you a couple things out of the bookstore. For the times we live in, you need to really shore up on your faith for finances. And here's a book by Gloria Copeland called God's Will is Prosperity. God's Will is Prosperity. And when you're facing challenges like we are in the, in the economy today, you need to know God's will, not man's will, not the government's will, not even the will of your employer. You need to know God's will because your employer can fail you, the government can fail you, and a lot of things can, but God will never fail you. You need to know his will. And then here's another one called the laws of prosperity, the laws of prosperity. There's spiritual laws just like there's natural laws. Have you learned to uh, cooperate with the laws of the land, with spiritual laws, then you'll come out on top every time. These books are the bookstore. They'll really help you. And I want to remind you, we've we got a devotional we do every month online. And Mrs. Pastor has out the, the devotions. And the whole month of August was on prosperity. And so a lot of those little nuggets and tidbits that I, that I taught in there, get a hold of those things and uh, put them to practice your life. And you're going to come out on top no matter what happens with the government or with your job even. And how many have noticed the housing market is starting to come down again now? And so if you're a seller, it's been good for the last few years. But if you're a buyer, keep on watching it right now because buying time is going to come. But you've got to have money to buy. All right, open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, verse 23. What would you say, Dylan? Amen. All right, I'm going to wait till you get there. You need to see this because faith. No matter what else fails around the land, faith never fails. Because when you talk about faith, you talk about Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith, and God honors faith. And Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of how bad it is. The confession of what the gas prices are. The confession about how much interest you're paying on your dumb charge card right now. No, he said, hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering. Why is that? For he is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised. And so I said, I'm supposed to hold fast the confession of our faith. And faith, and that, that word faith, that word confession, comes from the word homologia. That means to say the same as. And we're supposed to say the same as the word of God says. What God's word says about filling up your gas tank is what counts. What God's Word says, how to pay, pay and buy for things, that's what counts. Hold fast and confess your faith without wavering. And we do this financial faith confession, confession every offering. And that's the kind of thing you're supposed to confess in line with the Word of God. And those things that uh, I had that devotion for the month of August shows you a lot of good things. I had, a, I had a faith confession about finances at the end of every devotion. And so those are the kind of things you need to talk about. And I was thinking about this. When I was raising our kids, when we were raising our kids, we had eight kids. And things were pretty tight a lot of times. And our kids, they're grown up now. You see what they're doing. They're, they're working in the ministry. But our kids, we went to the store. It was like your kids going to the store. And when our kids saw some of the kids have the great, great big new toys and stuff like that, same thing with yours. Always, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. And in the store, it's, hey, can I have that, can I have that, can I have that? And when we had money to buy things, we bought it because we didn't believe in debt. We believed in cash. And so we trained ourselves not to violate our faith, even when our emotions were hit by kids pulling on our pants and hitting us like that. We never said, we can't afford that. That's too much. We never said that. 
to keep ourselves alive with our confession of faith because God supplies all of our needs, we say things like that. That's not in the budget right now. We have to get that in the budget. Or, we, or things uh, that instead of saying that costs too much, we say things like, well, we're not going to get that right now. And that way we didn't violate the word of God we believe in God for. If we're saying God supplies all of our needs, how could it cost too much? If God's the one got the windows of heaven open on us because we're tithers, how, how could that be too much for us to have or we can't afford that? And so what we do, you keep on confessing what God says and your faith level will rise. Keep on tithing, keep on giving, keep on talking right because it said hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering for he is faithful that promise. And so if you continually all the time say we can't afford that, guess what? You'll never afford it. And if it's always, that costs too much, guess what? It's always going to cost too much. But if you keep your words right, my God supplies all of my need, according to his riches and glory. Or the Lord's my shepherd, I do not want. I live under the open windows of heaven. God's poured out blessing on us, not willing to receive it. And so what I'm telling you right now, the times we live in especially, man, keep your mouth right, keep your heart right. Look at that verse one more time. It says, for he is faithful that promised. He's the one that promised that if you're tithers, the windows of heaven are open. He's the one that promised he'll supply all your need. He's the one that promised, give and it shall be given unto you, etc., etc. There's lots of good verses to stand on, get a hold of. But the main thing is, faith always works by number one. You hear what the Word of God says. That puts faith in your heart. Number two, you have whatsoever you saith, Jesus said, so you're speaking right. And then number three, always acting on the Word of God. So when you're challenged to say something different, if you don't know what to say, then learn the language of silence. Say nothing. Because sometimes you're challenged in life when you're in everyday conversations, circumstances on the job, or with relatives, conversations come up about money, about things, what's going on like that? I would never say, because of gas prices, I can't afford to go on vacation. I'd never say that. What I would say is this, I'm a tither, the windows have been opened, God gives me the desires of my heart, and my family wants to go on this vacation this year, so we will save for it and do what we know to do, but the main thing is, I'd never say, sorry kids, can't do it this year. I keep my words right, amen? And so keep your words right, because who's faithful? He's faithful that promised, amen. Well, let's stand up. And don't forget the bookstore, those books we got. We got a lot of books back there that'll help you get ground to say what to do about, about money, because God's the one that wants you to prosper and do good, amen? All right, let's make this financial faith confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give generously in the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Up your tithes and offerings and worshiping the Lord.
join us up here at the altar. Give you my attention, all my focus, pushing off the limits. In this moment, I feel your spirit moving all around me. Come and have your way. Yes, have your way, Jesus. Let these dry bones inside of my soul. You're igniting. You're calling me to level that are higher. I can see your face. Set my eyes on you, everything else fades. When I look your way, everything else fades. When I look your way, everything else fades. You're here for Jesus, amen, right? We're all here for you, Lord. We're here for you, Jesus. To gaze upon your beauty, full of wonder, the world falling behind me. There's no other, no other name like your name. There's nothing that can take your place. And I said, my eyes on you, everything. Hope is alive in me. 
song I was just uh, thinking I know personally uh, my family's been having a little bit of health issues this week with my kids just having little stomach bugs or whatever and uh, it's easy to get discouraged when you see that happening and then I was talking to someone else yesterday who was uh, just talking about how they'd had a a setback and one of the issues they'd been believing for and it almost like made them want to just give up but then uh, a few weeks ago pastor was preaching on uh, whenever David and King David was facing a situation. Uh, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And one of the ways we we can see an example of him encouraging himself in the Lord, before he faced Goliath the giant, uh, he reminded himself of all the victories that he'd seen previously. And so that's what I want us to sing about this morning, is just remembering all the things we've seen that the Lord do in our lives already and all of the things that we know he's still going to do. So let's let's just sing this song together. that have proved your faithfulness. I've seen miracles my mind can comprehend. There's beauty in what I can understand. Jesus is true. Jesus is true. Let's sing this out. wonder-working God, you're the wonder-working God, all the miracles I've seen, too good to not believe, you're the wonder-working God, and you heal because you love, all the miracles I've seen, too good to not believe. It's too good to not believe. It's too good to not believe. I can't resurrect a man with my own. But just the mention of your name can raise the dead. Let's sing it out. All the glory to the only one 
Sing it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen families reunited. We've seen prodigals return. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen troubled souls delivered. We've seen addicts finally freed. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. You see cities in revival and salvation flood the streets. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We'll see glory fill the nations like the world has never seen. Don't you tell me he can't do it, cause I know that he can. I believe, I believe, you're the wonder-working God, you're the wonder-working God. All the miracles I've seen, you're too good to not believe, you're the wonder-working God, and you healed because you love all the miracles I've seen, but you're good to not believe. You're good to not believe. You're good to not believe. We see cancer disappear. No, oh, we see cancer disappear. No, oh, we see broken bodies. Sing it out. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen real life resurrection. We've seen mental health restored. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen families reunited. We've seen prodigals return. Don't you tell me he can't do it. 
Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen troubled souls delivered. We've seen addicts finally free. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We'll see cities in revival and salvation flood the streets. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We'll see glory fill the nations like the world has never seen. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Cause I know that he can. Let's raise our hands. I believe you're the wonder working God. You're the wonder working God. All the miracles I've seen. You're too good to not believe. You're the wonder working God. And you heal because you love. All the miracles I've seen. You're too good, I believe. You're the wonder-working God. You're the wonder-working God. All the miracles I've seen. Too good to not believe. You're the wonder-working God. And you heal because you love. All the miracles I've seen. You're too good to not believe, too good to not believe, too good to not believe. One last time, let's sing that. And I believe you're the wonder-working God. You're the wonder-working God. All the miracles I've seen. Too good to not believe You're the wonder-working God And you heal because you love All the miracles I've seen Too good to not believe Too good to not believe Too good to not believe Hallelujah, Lord, we love you so much, and, and we're grateful, yeah, for the things that you have already done. But, Lord, we know this much, that the best is yet to come in our lives. There's no way that we've peaked out yet. There's no way that we have reached the climax of everything that's going to happen through you in our lives, Lord. We know that there is bigger and greater days ahead in our lives, and we praise you. We thank you for it, Lord. We know it's not because of how good we are. It's because of how good you are, and we praise your name today, Lord. We love you. Now, as, as, I'm, as I'm singing up there and, uh, and praying on the front row, I can sense that, man, there's some people here that are facing some, uh, some scary situations. I don't know what else. I don't know exactly what it is you may be facing, but you're a little scared right now, and I know that. I, I can see it. I can feel it, and, and, and I get that. But there's a verse that keeps coming to my mind this morning that I love. Ephesians 3.20, and it says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power which worketh in you. Amen? And so what in the world does all that mean? I'm telling you right now that whatever your situation is, whatever you would picture as being a good solution, a good resolution to this problem, 
God's got so much bigger and better than even what you are imagining. You may be thinking like, well, I'd love to be able to, to have this job. And God's like, I, I, man, I got something so much bigger than that for you. I really need this card. God's got something so much bigger and better above anything that we could ask or think. And then the verse closes out with, according to the power which worketh in you. And so you're like, uh, well, well, where's this all going to come from? The power is already on the inside of you because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. It's not bottled up and, 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 and it's not boxed up over there in Jerusalem somewhere. It's not, you know, on a shelf. No, the power is right inside of you in Barstow, California in 2022. You have to activate God's power. And how do you do that? You do it by faith, by believing that what he said is true and by believing that he can do it for you and that he will do it for you. And so I encourage you today that as we're reflecting and singing on all the great things that God's done, the best is yet to come for those who would dare to believe God's word. Look to him today. Can we give Jesus one more shout of praise today? Hallelujah. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. All right. Well, you can make your way to your seats. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. I always enjoy a good trip. Usually I, uh, for my relaxation, I go to the woods and get as far away from other humans as I possibly can. Uh, not that I don't love people, because I do. I'm just surrounded by them constantly. And there's a lot of them that even live in my house. And so, it, you know, it's difficult sometimes. And I, I just usually recharge by being as far away from human civilization as possible. But, uh, you know, it was cool to be in Manhattan and all that stuff this week. Last Sunday, I watched the morning service at Valley Forge in Pennsylvania, where George Washington and the boys endured a hard winter. But praise God, hey, we got the last laugh because it's the United States of America. Amen. So we're not putting down on you if you're British, but technically we did win. So anyway, there's that. Uh, if you need an outline for the sermon today, please raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. Amen. And the title today is this. It's called living intentionally, living intentionally. Now I want, uh, I, I've, I've talked about this before, but I just felt as I was praying the other morning that, that the Lord needs us to revisit this conversation and this topic right here. And, and you know, as the kids are back in school and summer's wrapping up, it's kind of, did I hear a woohoo? Someone, amen. All right. So praise God. <laughs> Some of us are more excited than others, but as, as life is kind of resuming after summer, for men, uh, some of our life and, 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 and some of what in our daily life. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to show us our 2022 theme verse. I'm going to really be hitting out the angle of family life today, but this applies to every possible area of your life. And I don't even know how much of my notes I'm going to look at. I'm just, some stuff's coming to me even as I'm talking now. But let's open our Bibles to Joshua 24:15. Amen. That's the 22 theme verse for this church. But as we're going there, I'm talking about living intentionally and on purpose, uh, because there seems to be a thought, a very common and popular thought in our modern day and age that successful people most of the time do not deserve the success and the 
fortunes that they have that they, they, they just got lucky. They just got a lucky break in life. Now, we know that some people did just kind of get a lucky break in life or whatever, and, and praise God for that. There's nothing wrong. In fact, the Bible tells us that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So I don't get mad at some family like the Rockefellers or something that, that are rich. You know, uh, Grandpa did what he was supposed to do. But at the same time, you need to know this, that most successful people didn't just get there because they just got really lucky. They got there on purpose. It was intentional. And and so we look at someone, you know, you can look at the sports world. Oh, Michael Jordan, ain't he so lucky? That man did not win six championships by accident. That was very on purpose and focused and intentional. Now, as much as I can't stand Tom Brady, he's won a couple himself. And so, anyway, oh, I'm getting glares, I'm getting glares. But, but at the same time, you look at successful people and you need to realize that most of the time, they deserve what they got because it was intentional. Now, I'm talking to you right now, not about sports, not about money necessarily, but I'm talking to you about your Christian life and about your family. Some people would look at a Christian family that their kids grow up and they, they get good jobs, they're good Christians, they're good citizens, and, man, they just got lucky. Their kids were always good. I would tell you right now, that a lot of those people that you think, wow, they just got lucky, they never had any trouble with their kids, they probably did have issues they faced, but the people that I look up to that raised their kids to serve the Lord, that that, that kept their kids in church, productive adults, that is not an accident. It's not a coincidence. It was very, very intentional and on purpose. And so... What I'm telling you today is this, is that most people that I know and that I've come across, they do not live an intentional life. Every day is just a, well, let's just see what happens today. They don't have a game plan for the day. They don't have any specific steps they are taking to make themselves better. Now, if I were to ask somebody, hey, you know, what's your goal in life? Well, I just want to be better. I just want to be the best me I can be. Okay, that's admirable, but what are you doing to make that happen? Oh, I don't know, nothing in particular. I guess I'm just, uh, then nothing in particular is going to happen to you. You better have specific and intentional steps you're taking or you're not ever going to get a better life. And I'm just, I'm just being real with you right now. If you are just, if you feel like this is, I've peaked out, there's nowhere further to go in this life, then, I mean, good for you. I can't accept the fact that at 37, this is the best it's ever going to get. I'm thrilled with how good our church is doing. I learned this week we're in the top 10% of churches in the United States financially and uh, and uh, attendance-wise, membership-wise. That's a really, I mean... I could sit there and we could pat ourselves on the back and say, wow, this church is just right. I'm like, no, that's not good enough. There's better that we can do. Can somebody say better? I want better. And so I know that if I'm going to see better in my family, in my church, in my city, it's not going to be an accident. It's going to be on purpose. And so Joshua 24, 15, that's the theme verse for this church for this year. Who thinks this has been a good verse? And so, as you know, this is a family church and everything we do is all about making your marriage better. 
And if you're not married, we want to get you married. If, you, if, you, if you're a parent, we want you to be the best parent. If you're a grandparent, we want you to be the best grandparent in all of California. But Joshua 24, 15 of the New King James, Joshua says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, and I'm telling you, 2022, a lot of people think it's evil when you tell them your beliefs. So, yeah, there's people like that. But he says this. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell right now. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Who thinks that's awesome? We will serve the Lord. Now, again, we're talking all today about being intentional, focused, having an actual target that you're aiming at. And and so, again, I, I, I just know that from people that I come across and talk to, the average person does not have an intentional, on-purpose, focused life. I'm going to wake up, going to drive to Fort Irwin, put in eight hours, come home, eat some Del Taco, go to bed and do it all over again. Okay, hey, you know, praise God. Living the dream, but... What are you doing, again, to go to the next level? What are you doing for your kids? And, and again, if it's nothing in particular, you have no target. If you aim at nothing, you hit it every single time, right? You, you hit a whole bunch of nothing in this world. You're just nothing, nothing, nothing. But when you know what you're focused on, I'm telling you right now, you can start hitting some things and making some progress, success does not happen by accident. Now, a great a great leadership mentor named John Maxwell, he said this. He said that the road to success is an intentional road. Now, occasionally I've taken a wrong turn somewhere and ended up someplace great. But most of the time, when I want to go someplace great, i got to have directions, and I am on purpose heading there. And again, I'm telling you, most people that you admire, if you're like, man, that guy's a great dad. She is such a good mom. She's not a good mom by accident. She's doing it on purpose. And I'm telling you, that mom has a game plan for those kids. And you may not know it, but, but there is, there's, there's something on purpose right there. And so uh, the Lord gave Moses some very intentional instructions. Joshua said something great. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is phenomenal. That's the starting point. But Moses had some step-by-step instructions on how to make this happen. So I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Can we go there? Deuteronomy 6. Who's excited to live an intentional life today? Do you like wandering around confused and dazed and in a fog, not knowing what's going to happen from one day to the next? I don't like that. And believe me. I've had days like that. I am what you would call an easily distracted person. Anybody else where it does not take much to distract you. Now, I, I that's embarrassing, and it's just the truth, but it's real easy for me to start off the day with, like, here's the goal. But if I don't have steps and a list on how to accomplish that goal, nearly anything could just totally Pull me off track. Someone could say, popsicles are on sale at Food for Less. And I'm like, hey, I got to go. I got to get over here. And I'm like, I'll just rearrange my whole day. But if you're focused and intentional, you would realize, like, that's a nice deal, but that's not what I'm doing today. So Deuteronomy 
chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 4 through 9. Now, again, this very specifically applies to the family unit, but this is a great example for any area of our lives if we want to be intentional and focused. And so Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're going to look here at verses 4. Parents, grandparents, women and children, boys and girls, listen, you all got to hear this right now. This is fire for you to understand how to be focused. Deuteronomy 6 verse 4, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And so you better know there's only one God. There is no other God. But check this out, verse 5, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Now here we're going to get some very detailed instructions. This is called being intentional. Verse 7, repeat them again and again to your children. Repeat what? The commands, the word of God. Talk about them when you're at home. And when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up, tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What is all that? That's Moses saying, if you want your kids to grow up right, you've got to get the commands, or we would say the word of God, deep in their hearts. And so the average Christian would say, okay, Teach my kids the word. That's good. But Moses just gave like five different ways to do it. Talk about it in the morning. Talk about it at night. Talk about it when you're on the road. Talk about it when you're having dinner. Talk about write it on your house. Write it on your forehead if you need to. That's pretty specific stuff right there. And so as I read, I can do this. I may not be the smartest man in the world, and I'm not. But I can repeat instructions. And so what's some examples of what we could do to get God's word in our kids' hearts? Well, in the morning, I could read a couple of Bible verses to them, couldn't I? That's real. It's not that hard. When they go to bed at night, I could close out the day with Bible verses. When I'm driving them to school, I could be teaching them Bible verses. And it could be the exact same verse all, you know, every time for a couple of weeks until they get it in their hearts. But the main thing is, is Moses is saying, if you want the end result, if you want this big, glorious picture that you're dreaming of, it's not going to happen by accident. You're going to have to teach those kids the word of God in the morning, at nighttime, on the road, at home, and even write it on your house. How many of you have scriptures posted all over your house? I know, I, Amy, I remember your house. You got scriptures everywhere. That's phenomenal. And, and, and so what is that? That's when I go from room to room, I'm constantly seeing the word of God everywhere. You need to get a hold of this right now. The key is the word of God, but it doesn't just magically happen. You've got to do it on purpose and get it into your kids' hearts and get it into your heart and watch what happens in the end, all right? And so we're going to talk for a few minutes here. I'm going to get into the main thing here about being intentional. Because as I said, a lot of people think that the average successful person it just was coincidence. I remember our kid's first pediatrician was a guy down in Victorville. He was telling me about his kids one day. He was super old. But anyway, he was telling me about his kids. He's like, yeah, this daughter is the head of such and such surgery at such and such university. I'm like, wow, 
that's pretty cool. My next daughter is the Secretary of Health for the state of California. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. My other daughter's a congresswoman in the state of Pennsylvania. I'm like, what in the world? How do you have kids? All of his kids were insanely successful people. Do you think it was just lucky? No. He put his values and, and, and it was all on purpose. It was totally on purpose. And so if there's somebody that you look at and say, I wish my kids could turn out how this family's kids turned out, you've got to do what they did to get what they got. Earlier this past week, I, I, I didn't know this about my wife. I didn't know this, but she always had a dream of going to Hershey, Pennsylvania. And I, she had talked about it, but anyway, she, I didn't realize this. And so we're driving to Pittsburgh for this meeting that we're going to from New York. And, and we see that Hershey, Pennsylvania is not that far off the road. And if you know Pastor Katie, there's not a whole lot that just she really wants to do in life. She's generally just pretty happy and content with everything. But I saw this woman's eyes light up when she saw Hershey, Pennsylvania. I'm like, we are going because basically there's never been anything like this you've wanted to do. So we go, and you know I pay the $18 for the tour of the whole town. It's worth it. And so we're on this trolley, and 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 the guy is he's driving you all around Hershey, a beautiful little town, and it's where they make all this candy. You you see the the Reese's factory, the the the, the Hershey factory. It's all there. It's incredible, and it's worth going to. But he starts telling the story of Milton Hershey. Now the man died a multi-billionaire. And somebody in our society now would say, lucky, oh my gosh, some people just get it all handed to him. Ugh. Well, Milton had nothing handed to him. This man went bankrupt time and time again. He failed time and time again, but the man wouldn't quit. And people are like, Milton, candy's not your thing, okay? Find something else to do. But candy was what was in the man's heart. And he would get knocked down, file bankruptcy, get back up and do it all over again. But he finally found the way that actually worked. And what was the secret? Fresh milk. Fresh milk. That was the secret. And so he made it all happen. And he built this multi-billion dollar empire that the Lord only knows how much it's worth. But again, I'm telling you, somebody would look at his life and his family's Some people just get all the breaks. He didn't get his break. He made his break, and he kept his trust in God. And so I'm telling you right now, when you're like, man, I just wish I'd get something. Man, don't wait around for something lucky to fall into your lap. You obey God's word and be intentional about what he's called success on purpose. And so, number one, you need to be intentional with your words. You've got to be intentional with your words. Now, one thing that we strongly believe in around this church is the power of your words. Has anyone caught on to that yet, that your words are powerful? They're so powerful that God created the heavens and the earth with words. You're like, well, that was God. Well, hey, he told us to, to, to imitate him. We're to imitate God as dear children, imitate their parents. If God spoke things with his words, you need to speak powerful things with your words. And so that's a major key that many Christians never catch on to. Two big steps to your success are believing in your heart and saying with your mouth. And you know where we get that from? Romans 10, 9 and 10. 
If you want to become a Christian, if you want to receive Jesus, you, number one, believe in your heart. Number two, say with your mouth. But you're going to use that exact same pattern for the whole rest of your Christian life. If you need healing, you're going to believe God's word in your heart. You're going to speak it out of your mouth. If you need a financial miracle, you're going to believe God's word in your heart. You're going to speak it out of your mouth. If you need restoration in your marriage, if your kids are crazy, whatever it is, believe God's word in your heart. Speak it out of your mouth and miracles happen. I promise you that right now. Miracles happen. And so Proverbs 18.21, I may uh, speed up things a little bit right here, but Proverbs 18.21 and as I, I mean, hey, you, if you've been here very long, you should know this verse by now. Proverbs eighteen twenty one, and this is one of the first verses I wanted my kids to learn. And so we, how did we learn this? We said it on the way to school every day. We said it coming home. We said it at the breakfast table eating Cap'n Crunch. We said it at nighttime watching Bonanza before bedtime. But, you know, we, it's intentional. You gotta make this happen. So Proverbs eighteen twenty one in the King James, says death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof and so sometimes that may seem a little fuzzy or a little vague in the king james but i want to say it to you now in the nlt the new living translation the tongue or your mouth your words can bring death or life those who love to talk will reap the consequences Anybody in here, you love to talk. We know you do. Put your hand down, all right? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just joking. No, 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 no. If you love to talk, that can be a good thing if you're saying faith-filled things. It can be a bad thing if you're speaking negative, doubtful, wrong things. Because we know this much, that we will reap the consequences of our words. And so... What am I saying right now? I'm saying if I'm going to be intentional on how I live my life, on how I raise my kids, on how I am a husband and a father in my household, I know that my words have got to be on point. I cannot go around all the time cursing my wife. And I don't mean cussing her out. I mean just speaking negative things over her or my children and then expect that I'm just going to have some wonderful, beautiful utopia of a home. It ain't going to happen. You're cursing the place all the time with your words. Now, I've learned this much in life, that almost anything powerful can be harnessed for good, or it could also be used to create damage. Think about electricity. Very powerful. You could kill someone with it if you use it the wrong way. Or you could bring air conditioning to all of Barstow, right? You could use it for good. You could use it for bad. Fire is powerful. You could use it to heat things and cook things and and bring warmth, or you could use it to burn something to the ground. It's all about how you use it. Your words are just as powerful. You could destroy with them, or you could radically change the way that your life is headed just by believing in your heart and saying with your mouth, well, I I don't don't know. I, I don't believe that. Hey, Don't wake me up, man. I'm having a good time doing it, and it's working in my life. Speaking words of faith over my family and over my church. And so I'm telling you that if you were raised in a home where insults and name-calling was the norm, you better watch it 
Because chances are you'll repeat that pattern if you don't make a very intentional effort to do it different. Have you ever noticed that sometimes, man, maybe there was things from your childhood, oh, I'll never do that. I couldn't stand it when my, when my dad did that or my parents did that. And then you find yourself doing the exact same thing and you didn't even mean to. Why? Because we repeat what we have seen in front of us. And so how do we change it? By making an intentional effort. Well, you can't change your nature. I'm telling you right now that you can change your nature. You know, through the power of God, that's a big part. I mean, that's the biggest thing. But you can change things about yourself that do not naturally come to you. By nature, I'm not a hugger. I'm not. Uh, but, but nowadays, I go and give everybody hugs all the time, man. I'll, I'll give you a hug at the drop of a hat. Why? I forced myself to become a hugger. You think I'm joking? I'm being serious. Because so many people just need a hug. Anybody, you need a hug right now? I'll, I'll get, I won't do it, but someone else. Jesse needs a hug. Someone give the man a hug. Walter, hug that man. Can you hug that man? Walter, hug, the, give, give Jesse a hug. Let's hear it for this. All right, go. All right, boys, that's enough. That's enough. The rub was a little over the top. Anyway, so, um, yeah, praise God. But, hey, I have forced myself out of my shell. I'm not a talkative person by nature, but I have forced myself to do things that did not come naturally to me because I knew it would help other people out. And so it doesn't come naturally to me to, to, to compliment. It doesn't come naturally to me to say nice things. Well, then force yourself to do it, man. Force yourself. Make intentional steps on doing it. Today, I'm going to on purpose find compliment. And I'm going to make myself do it. I'm going to find three people to hug. I'm going to find, if you're not generous, hey, you need to be generous. Maybe you should find a few people that you could, hey, you know, just wanted to buy you a cup of coffee. I just wanted to, why? These are all things that we should work on. And if it's not natural to you, if it's not just easy for you, you force yourself to do it. When I wanted to get better at basketball, I am right-handed. I am not left-handed. But I knew if I could only dribble the ball to one side, every defender of the world will eventually catch on to that. They'll just stop me from going to my right. I spent hours and hours and hours going to my left, practicing left-handed layups, reverse left-handed layups, nonstop. I never even touched the ball with my right hand because that was easy. And when I want to grow, I'm not going to do what's easy I'm going to force myself to do things that are a little bit harder. Why? Because I want to get better. I don't want to stay where I'm at right now. And in your life, if you want to go to the next level, you better start forcing yourself to do some things that are not the easy thing to do. Now, I want to show you something. Matthew 3, verses 16 and 17, because Jesus needed to hear affirming words from his father. I'm not saying he needed to hear it. He still could have accomplished it all. But I want to show you a very unique experience in the Bible that many people would overlook. This is Jesus' baptism, Matthew 3:16. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. But here, here we go. Look at this. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, what about this story? Why am I talking about this? Because I think it's a powerful statement when God the father 
publicly endorsed and affirmed and complimented his son. This is one of the only times in scripture where the audible voice of God was heard by whole crowds of people all at once. And I think about that. In my life, if I'm going to intentionally use my words, I better on purpose, in public, say good things about my family. Because I hear people all the time, oh gosh, got to go home to the old ball and chain, oh my gosh. Why would you say that and then pray for God to heal your marriage? How dumb can you be and still breathe? That is stupid. My kids are brats. Oh, gosh. Here I go. And then you're, Lord, please help my kids become something. You are dumb. Don't do that. You need to publicly talk about how good your wife is. Ladies, talk about something good your husband did for you. I don't want to do that. Do it. If you want things to get better, follow the example in Scripture publicly affirm them talk about how good your kids are do it there's one thing that i will just write you off pretty quickly as being somebody i don't want to hang out with if you badmouth your kids in front of me talk about how stupid they are how pathetic your stepkids you know what i ain't get you know go bark up someone else's tree i don't have time for you i, I i'm talking i don't want to be around that one of the worst people i ever met was in barstow when i first moved here this guy non-stop put down on his stepchildren non-stop treated his regular kids like gold his stepkids one of them would walk into the room oh look here comes stupid he's probably going to trip look at this totally made fun of this kid all the time and i'm like dude you just get away from me get away i don't want to i don't want to be around that trash if you are that pathetic in front of your church family what do you do behind closed doors man get away i don't you know what if you're not willing to, to change, I don't, I don't want to be around anybody like that at all. You are a messed up and demented person. If you will put down on children in front of other people like that, you are screwed up. Where did all that come from? I don't know, but I'm just telling you right now. Don't do that and then believe that by chance that kid you've told is stupid his whole life is going to grow up to be a billionaire and give you all his money. Nah, it ain't happening. All right? And so I'm telling you that if you didn't come from a godly family, I've said this before, but listen, so many people are like, well, I didn't come from a good family. It's okay. If you didn't come from a godly family, just make sure a godly family comes from you. You can change this whole thing around. Well, I didn't get raised like you did, Pastor Dave. Okay, I get that. But we're trying to tell you right now how to change it so you can raise your kids to be like that. There's hope, but it's on purpose. It's not an accident. So I've got a word challenge for you. This is on your outline there. Talking about your words. Hey, speak words of faith over your family. Words of faith over your family. And speak words of love to your family. When you're praying every morning, speak faith. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that my kids are are full of the peace of God. They succeed at school. They comprehend what they're being taught. They're the light of the world. I thank you, Lord, that my husband is blessed by God. He listens when I talk. Amen. Yeah. And, 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 and whatever it is, you speak words of faith over them. And then you speak words of love to them. Man, at nighttime, kids, how was your day? I love you. Speak words of faith. And if they had a rough day, don't make it worse when they get home. Love them. Speak love to them. Amen. 
All right, let's go on to number two. We're talking about living the intentional life. Number one, you got to speak intentional words of faith. Number two, how are we going to be intentional? With our actions. With our actions. So as important as words are, actions take it a step further. Have you heard the old saying, actions speak louder than words? That is so true. You can all day long, you know, man, you got to do this, you got to do that. I'm like, well, why aren't you doing it? Huh? What about that? I don't want to listen to that. You know, and so actions speak louder than words. And when someone says one thing but does another, what is that called? A hypocrite. I do not want to die being called a hypocrite. Now, listen to me real good right now. Your kids won't grow up and do what you always told them to do as a child. They'll grow up and do what they saw you doing. They're not just going to grow up and, well, dad always said to do that. Now, he never did it, but he always said to do this, so I guess I'll do it. They're going to do what they saw you doing. And nothing is more stupid to me than an adult drinking, smoking. Kids, don't you do this. Kids, don't you do this. They got a 100% chance just about that they are going to do that. Don't do it. Or, or, or how about you watch something so gnarly and full of cussing and violence and bad words on TV. Kids, get out of the room. You can't see this. Well, what about you? If it is so foul that children cannot even be in the room while it's on the television, then what in the world are you doing watching it? Because you know that even though the kids may be hiding in the back room, Jesus isn't. He's sitting right there on the couch with you. Huh? Yeah? Come on. And so don't be a hypocrite in front of your kids and then get confused when they grow up and take things twice as far as you did. Don't do that. My parents... They guarded me from alcohol big time because I come from a long line of alcoholics. I hate alcohol. I want nothing to do with it. Keep it the heck away from me and my children. It has been a curse to the Samples family. I despise it. Right? I hate it. I don't think Christians should even take one drink. But anyway, I've got a whole sermon on that that I'm thinking about preaching sometime again soon. Anyway, because I see, as I scan this room, I've got probably... 15, 20% of this church that used to be alcoholics that by the grace of God and Alcoholics Anonymous and other good things, they made it out. How pathetic would it be if they saw old Pastor Dave down at Chili's knocking some down? Well, don't you guys do this. What's that going to do? It's going to cause my brother to stumble. And Jesus said, if I cause someone else to stumble, I'm better off to have a millstone tied around my neck and thrown out into the ocean then when he gets done with me, you'll never see this family touch one drop of alcohol. But, but, why, but, but my, my, dad, my dad didn't just tell me that. My dad modeled that. He never, ever touched it in front of me. And that was easy because he never did it when I wasn't around either. As a parent, don't live a double standard. Don't do that. You are on a road to disaster. Don't do that. Don't live. No, kids, uh, don't do this, but we'll do it when you go to bed. No, no, stop that. Stop that. People hate someone that's fake, including kids. And when they know how fake and false 
and two-faced that you've been. I don't know why I'm being so harsh and mean today. Forgive me. (laughs) Maybe it's that New York uh, mentality. But I'm telling you, when they grow up and find out that, wait a minute, they said not to do this all those years, but they were actually doing it behind our backs the whole time? That's disastrous. That's not living an intentional and focused life that will shipwreck them. And if there's one thing, you know, I I don't want to fail as a pastor. I don't want to fail with my money. I don't want to fail with anything. But at the very top of that list that I want to be successful, I want to be a good dad. I want to raise kids that love God and that stick with Jesus all the days of their life. I don't care if I don't die a millionaire. I don't care if I die and I still have the 2008 Prius. I don't care. My car doesn't even matter to me. What matters to me is that my kids stick with Jesus and don't repeat the mistakes that the generations of samples before us repeated. And and to me than that. And so I'm telling you right now, if I'm two-faced, if I'm a liar, if I'm a crook to my kids and they find out about it, I'll pay the price later. And so... We're saying be intentional with your words and be intentional with your actions. This is on your outline. You need to behave like the person you want your kids and grandkids to become. You need to behave like the person you want your kids and grandkids to become. Don't expect them to just be some awesome If you want your kids to grow up and be polite, you should use manners in front of them. Amen? You want your kids to grow up and, 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 you know, go to church, you should go to church with them. Amen? This, it's not rocket science, but it's called being intentional. Alright? And I want to show you right here, Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 6. You still with me today? We're going back. I should have told you we were going back. Deuteronomy 6. But it's so important that we model the behavior because actions speak louder than words. And so I've got a question that I've asked the congregation three times since 2021. And I'm going to ask it again today because I felt the Lord one day, you know, I just, this question came to me. And so this is, uh, this question is this. Would you be happy if your kids grow up and marry someone who treats them the same way that you treat your spouse? Think about that. Dads of little girls. Would you be happy if your little girl grows up and marries a man that treats her the same way you treat your wife? Or vice versa. Mom, would you be happy if your son grows up and marries a man that, marries, excuse me, marries a a woman that, that, that treats them? You know where I stand. I'm not even going there. You know where I stand. But, uh, that, that, that treats him the same way you treat your husband. Just something to think about. But I, I, again, I'm encouraging us, be nice to your spouse. Be nice. Don't be mean. Don't, don't be nasty. Don't be mean. Especially in front of the, don't do that. Be nice. You want your kids to have that example. Deuteronomy 6 verses 6 through 9. And you must commit yourselves halfway. No wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. What do you do? You repeat them again and again to your children. 
talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What is all that? Intentional actions. Intentional actions for us to take. And so as I kind of wind things down a little bit here, I want to very specifically tell you this right now, and I really want you to listen. Being intentional with your actions takes discipline and it takes sacrifice. It is not easy. It takes sacrifice. Get your kids to church even when you don't feel like it. Get them there. Don't teach them that you only do the necessary when you're in the mood. You do it especially when you're not in the mood. What are you teaching them how to be a disciplined person? They've got to get this. Do it even when you're not in the mood. Uh, read them the Bible and teach them to pray even when it's inconvenient. If you want really good results in your life, and we all do, you're going to have to do some things that you don't always feel like doing. If you want to be in shape, you're going to have to work out even when you don't feel like it. You're going to have to eat right even when you don't want to. If you want to get in shape spiritually, you're going to have to read your Bible even on the day that you're extra tired. You're going to have to make yourself do it. You're going to have to go to church even when it's the start of NFL season and I can watch my team play. Yippee. Who cares? My team didn't die for me to save me from my sins and heal me from cancer. Jesus did. Jesus did. And so I owe him everything that I've got. And so I'm going to close out with this. Something that John Maxwell said. I mentioned him earlier. But I want you to get this because so many people are like, yeah, I'll start doing that when I, when I get really motivated, I'll start working out. When I get really motivated, I'll start reading the Bible to the kids. John Maxwell said, the whole idea of motivation is a trap. Forget waiting to feel motivated. Just do it. After you start doing the thing, that's when the motivation usually comes. And so most of us think that, number one, motivation. Number two, start doing it. No. Number one, start doing it. Number two, the motivation follows. You want to start making right financial choices? Number one, start doing it. Then number two, you get into that pattern. You're like, okay, yeah, I want to get further with this. I want to save more. I want to do more. That's how it works. If you want to get on fire for Jesus... Don't start waiting for some magical feeling to hit you. You discipline yourself to start reading your Bible, praying, going to church. And after a while, you're like, man, I like this. I like having faith. I like praying and seeing getting answers. I like my house having peace in it. I like having the joy of the Lord. I like being healed. I like being prosperous. I like the results of following Jesus. Amen. Somebody ought to shout amen today. Come on. Quit waiting for a feeling. Just start where you're at. And so if you're going to live an intentional life, if you are going to raise a really awesome family, have a really dynamic marriage where you're 50 years into it and you're still going on dates, you're still going out on tree, you're still having a good time. Listen, that's never by accident. It's always on purpose. And so... 
Only you can start making some intentional steps to get to where you're going. You're going to have to sit down and say, okay, I want, I want to change this. The first step I can do is this. And the second is this. Get some doable steps. But as you start doing that, you're going to, okay, this is, yeah, I like this. This is going good. The motivation will catch up to you, but it will change your life. You are not going to be a success just by pure luck. It's going to be on purpose and because you did it God's way. Amen. Well, we better shut up now or we're going to be here all day. All right. Let's go ahead and stand up together. Who's glad they came to church today? And the house of the Lord. It sounds crazy, but love uh, being here with the family and being in Barstow, being with my my church, and it's a fun to go places. But I just no place like this place right here. Amen. I'm gonna have my prayer team come up. Prayer team. And as we're starting to close things out here, we want to offer you prayer if there's anything at all that you need prayer for. But the biggest thing is this, and you know this, but most of you know this, maybe some of you don't, but if you want to start making a big change in your life, start really going the right way, you've got to have Jesus in your life. You cannot do it alone. Yeah, well, I'm really smart. You'll eventually you can't figure out. Yeah, but I've always been really strong. You'll eventually run into a situation that's stronger than you are. Yeah, but I've always had money. You'll eventually run into a situation that you cannot buy your way out of. Everybody needs Jesus. But the good news is this, is that he's available to everybody, the rich man and the poor man. Anybody and everybody, Jesus is free and he wants each of us to have him in our lives. But there's only one way to get him. You got to believe in your heart. You got to say it out of your mouth. And so before I invite you up for prayer today, I want to give you that chance. There's no way that I'm going to say, hey, you got to have an intentionally better life and then skip out the first step. The first step is always to receive Jesus. And so we're going to pray. And maybe if you're here and, and you've truly invited Jesus in, then today's your day. Maybe you have at one point and you kind of just forgot about it or walked away or, or whatever the case is. Life happened and you let go. We're not here to judge you. We're here to say, hey, let's get this thing fixed right now because nothing's going to work until we do. And so I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to come up and talk to one of the people on the prayer team and let us know that you talked to Jesus today, that you prayed and that you received him and that you want your life to be better. You're done trying to be the tough guy. You're done trying to be the smart girl. You want some help. And what we're going to do is we're going to hook you up with a brother or sister from church that will be there for you every day for the next 30 days. They're going to text you the Bible. They're going to pray for you. They're going to do anything they can to make sure you succeed in your relationship with Jesus. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes today? I want you to repeat a prayer with me. It's real simple. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died that he rose again Jesus I'm calling on you help me I can't do it alone I need you forgive me and give me the strength that I need to live for you my life is yours in Jesus name
Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise today. Now listen, if you're here and you prayed that, as people are coming up for prayer, I need you to come and talk to one of us and let us know I prayed that. You're like, well, no, that was a private thing. No, 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 no. Jesus is not a private thing. He died for you publicly on a cross in front of a lot of people. There's no way that I'm going to tiptoe around and say, well, I, I want Jesus, but I just don't want anybody to know about it. No, you got to acknowledge him before people. So anyway, if you need prayer for anything today, for your marriage, for your health, for your job, for whatever, come up and get prayer. But most especially if you said that prayer and got things right with God, I need you to come tell one of us so we can rejoice with you and say, yes, you did it. Amen. All right, Josh, lead us in some worship here. I believe you're the wonder-working God. You're the wonder-working God. All the miracles I've seen, too good to not believe. You're the wonder-working God. And you heal because you love all the miracles I've seen. Too good to not believe You're the wonder-working God You're the wonder-working God All the miracles I've seen Too good to not believe You're the wonder-working God And you heal because you love all the miracles I've seen Too good to not believe Too good to not believe Too good to not believe oh, We've seen cancer disappear We've seen broken bodies healed don't you tell me he can't do it Don't you tell me he can't do it We've seen real life resurrection We've seen mental health restored Don't you tell me he can't do it Don't you tell me he can't do it We've seen families reunited We've seen prodigals return don't you tell me he can't do it Don't you tell me he can't do it We've seen troubled souls delivered We've seen addicts find the freed Don't you tell me he can't do it Don't you tell me he can't do it We'll see cities in revival and salvation flood the streets Don't you tell me he can't do it Don't you tell me he can't do it You'll see glory fill the nations Like the world has never seen Don't you tell me he can't do it Cause I know that he Working God, you're the wonder-working God. All the miracles I've seen, too good to not believe. You're the 
I'm going to be teaching about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. I taught healing school for a lot of years uh, back in Indiana. Healing's always been my strong, 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 strong area of faith and teaching on. And with all the different things been going on, the health arena and things like that, uh, you need the anointing of the Holy Ghost in your life for healing. If you're believing for things, and also for deliverances. So tonight, uh, I'm going to teach on the anointing. And how does faith come? Hearing what? So if you hear the word of God on the anointing of the Holy Spirit, are you going to have faith more or less for the anointing? More. And how many know you need more of the anointing of God in your lives? Amen. So anyway, tonight I'm going to be teaching on the healing anointing. And actually in the Bible, in the uh, book of Luke, I'm going to go to a service where Jesus was the speaker. That's what it says. He was speaking and then the anointing of God was on him. And we get to call people out, just like we do at full gospel churches today. And so when you're in a service where the Lord of God's there, uh, you may receive healing in your seat, or the Lord may call you out. 
How many here have ever been called out of this church and received healing or deliverance? Yeah, lots of people, lots of people. I've, I've laid hands one night on a Wednesday night service on a lady that had cataracts in her eyes as she was a fairly new, not knowing much about anything Christian, and the cataracts disappeared right here on Wednesday night as we were preaching. I've, I've, called, I've called people out that had severe back injuries for years on medication, chiropractors, doctors, and they got healed in services like this. And so I'm just saying tonight, if you're thinking about watching your famous, uh, your favorite, as I said, NFL team or whatever it is like that, they can't heal you. They can't deliver you. There may be things in your life that have had a stronghold on your life. You know, I don't know what it would be. I mean, alcohol, nicotine, drugs, sexual problems. But there may be things that you hate them with everything you've got, you can't get free. Well, sometimes it just takes being in a service with the Lord of the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden you're free. And you know you're free. And a month later, you look back and think, man, I'm really free. I'm really free. It's gone. Well, anyway, you need to be here tonight if you're looking at things in life. And if you know somebody else, if you know somebody else that needs to get under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, get them here tonight. And God's going to do things. Amen. Right, all right. Let's go ahead and we're going to close things out. Who has received from the Word of God today? Amen. Hallelujah. So we are going to be intentional and focused in our lives and we're going to see some awesome things happen not by accident but it was all on purpose amen all right let's pray and then we'll close out with our barstow faith confession amen let's raise our hands together today father in jesus name we thank you lord for what we have seen in your word today and lord we know that you have good plans for every life here that's not just something we say it's the absolute truth but we realize that we've got to do some things to get to that level father so help us to take your word today and 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 not only just hear it but to be doers of the word and lord use us this week to be the light of the world everywhere that we go and god we know that your protection is around every family here every marriage every child every parent and we know that you are blessing each home each household each family each individual lord with the health of god in jesus name with the 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 prosperity that we need to live our lives for you, Father. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Can somebody say amen? All right. Let's speak some faith over Barstow. Who wants to help me out today? Come on, somebody. Who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? Oh, Jesse does. All right. Come on up, Jesse. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Amen. Wow, this guy's getting hugs. He's doing faith confessions. He's all over the place. All right. Amen. Uh, we declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Woohoo! Good job, my man.